Welcome to Wide-Mindedness with Victoria Ball, the podcast in which I interview expert guests who want to join me in celebrating that life is not black and white. Our society is increasingly divided, and the us-versus-them mentality seems to dominate our conversations and relationships with others. I believe that life is much richer when we widen our minds to consider multiple opinions and perspectives. So challenge your assumptions and let's become truly wide-minded together. Nikki Gumbel is vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton, HTB, a Church of England church in central London which holds 11 Sunday services across five sites. He is the pioneer of Alpha, an introduction to the Christian faith run by all the major Christian denominations in 169 countries. He is married to Pippa, and together they write a commentary on the Bible in one year. Nikki read law at Trinity College, Cambridge, theology at Oxford, and practised as a barrister from 1977 to 1983. He joined HTB as a curate in 1986 and became vicar in 2005. He has written several books, including Questions of Life and The Jesus Lifestyle. Nikki, hi and welcome. It's great to be with you, Victoria. You grew up as an atheist. Your father was a German secular Jew and your mother a nominal Christian. Did religion play any part in your life growing up? Not really. I mean, I guess we, I, I was sort of, there was chapel at school and things, but but not, I, was, I had no interest whatsoever in it. Um, my um, father was an agnostic. My mother didn't go to church and I declared myself an atheist as a teenager and became quite an argumentative atheist. So you, you're pretty sceptical about religion. Um, but I think whilst you were at Cambridge, you became a Christian during your time there. Can you tell me about that journey? I had a great friend there, Nikki Lee, who um, ha- was not a churchgoer either. Nikki and Scylla Lee were um, very good friends. And they told me they had become Christians. And that was what made me start... I was very worried about them, and I decided I'd, I sort of needed to help them. Uh, as I knew nothing about it, I decided I'd investigate. I'd read all kinds. Of, I had a plan to read all kinds of things, but I, the only thing I could find that night, in the sort of urgency of having to help them, was an old um, Bible I'd had for RE at school, and um, I started reading it that night. And it was through reading the New Testament, as as I was reading about Jesus. It was as if the person I was reading about emerged from the pages of the New Testament and I encountered him. You didn't go on uh, into the life you have now as a vicar immediately. You practised as a barrister for a number of years before you were ordained into the Anglican Church. Has that experience had an influence on the rest of your life? Yes. My, I mean, my father was a barrister. My mother was a barrister. My sister is a QC. My son qualifies as a barrister. My daughter qualifies as a barrister. My grandfather on both sides were barristers. My uncle was a barrister. You know, if he'd had a cat, it would have been a barrister. <laughs> that, was, that was our family. So I had to do it. But actually, I loved it. And I did nearly 10 years of law. And I absolutely loved it. Um, uh, it's an amazing life and an amazing privilege to be able to be a barrister. Um, uh, but I uh, sensed a I, 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 the experience that I had had of Jesus was such that I wanted other people to know just what a difference that made. For me, it was like 
um, the difference between black and white and color. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. And that's what I experienced. And I wanted other people to know that. So while I was practicing as a barrister, I was very involved in the church. I wanted to tell people about you know, the difference that, that Jesus makes to our lives. And um, then I felt very privileged again to be able to have a job, which I have now, where I get a stipend for doing what I would like to do um, if I would like to do all the time anyway. It's a huge privilege. It's the best job in the world. And your wife, Pippa, uh, does a lot of work with you. Can I just ask, how did you meet Pippa? And were you both Christians at that time? No, neither of us were Christians when we met. Um, um, I was... um, a member of a nightclub in the King's Road, which um, has probably closed down before you were born, Victoria. It was called Francoise. And uh, I used to go there every night, whatever I was doing early in the evening, I'd always end up at Francoise. So I was a member of the club and she, uh, I was 17. Um, she was, had a friend over from Sweden who she wanted to uh, take, she wanted to um, take to Francoise. So somebody said, you know, who do you know someone who's a member? And someone said, oh, ring Nicky Gumble, he's a member. So she rang me and, and I, so I said, oh, come round, bring your friend. Um, and that's how we met. I was really bad at the way I, I sort of went about spreading my faith, um, not, not very tactfully. And I think I put her off um, when I saw her. Um, I, she thought, oh, my goodness, what's happened to him? But she, I, through a totally separate route. She uh, met a group of people who were Christians in London um, and um, she found faith there. I don't think she thought what had happened to her had anything to do with what had happened to me. She thought I'd just gone weird. We stayed friends and um, we were friends uh, all the way through my time at Cambridge. Um, And then she came to the Cambridge May Ball, actually invited by someone else. Uh, and that was when our romance started, or at least for me it did. I took her a bit longer. Uh, see the benefits, but uh, <laughs> took it quite a lot longer. But eventually, um, she agreed to marry me. You're head of a team at Holy Trinity Brompton, um, which I believe is the largest Anglican church in the UK. And you suddenly run eleven services each Sunday and have a total congregation of some three and a half thousand over five sites. Why do you think that HTB has achieved such success, particularly at a time when many other churches have decreasing congregation numbers? It's not not just HTB. There are loads of churches in the UK, and perhaps not so many in the Anglican Church, but but other churches that are, are have uh, have packed churches. If you think Hillsong in London has a much bigger congregation than, than we have. Um, audacious in Manchester, you know, they're, they're, they're very big churches filled with young people. I and mean, it's, it's the average age of people coming on Alpha has always been around 27. I think people are looking for three things, purpose in their lives. Uh, ultimately, purpose comes from a relationship with the, your creator. Uh, and that's what Jesus came to bring about, that we should have a relationship with God. And that's where we find our ultimate purpose second thing they're looking for is love i mean maybe you should put it the other way around but but um they're very connected because uh people as someone in our small group on alpha set put it this time uh she said i've been looking for love in all the wrong places and now at last i've found true love uh and people our deepest need is to know that we are loved and the truth is 
that God loves you. He loves me. He loves every human being. Every human being is created in the image of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When he comes to live within your heart, you experience God's love for you. The third thing people are looking for is belonging. There is so much loneliness. People can have lots of friends and still be lonely. When people really encounter Jesus and experience his community, people's vision of church is often like a building or boring services or whatever. But actually, church is people and that sense of belonging and community and solidarity. And London is 40% ethnically diverse. Our church is 40% ethnically diverse. We have friends that are much younger, much older, um, from totally different backgrounds. It's the most beautiful community and the most wonderful sense of belonging. So I think that's what attracts people. It's purpose, love and belonging. You're widely regarded as the pioneer of the modern Alpha course. Can you explain what Alpha is? Alpha is an opportunity to explore the meaning of life, the purpose of life. And people come from all different um, backgrounds, ages, gender um, and huge ethnic diversity. It's a space where they can meet and talk openly, where they're not preached at, uh, but they are. it's an opportunity for them to talk in a very relaxed, low-key, um, unpressurized, non-confrontational environment. There's a proverb which says the heart of a person is like a deep well. The wise person draws it out. And every human being has an interesting story. What we try and do on Alpha is draw out from that person, exploring that deep well that is in every human being that makes them fascinating. So we're trying to, we're trying to create an environment where people are free to be themselves. And we're trying to create an environment which is totally non-judgmental, where people are loved encouraged and listened to. I've tried to be pretty wide-minded with my choice of guests for this podcast. And as you'll know if you're listening regularly, I've spoken to Muslims, humanists, Jews and Christians like Nikki. I really enjoy hearing how different people make sense of the world around them. And I love that there's a multiplicity of ideas. If you are also enjoying it, please do subscribe, rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast and sign up to my monthly newsletter at victoria-ball.com. If you follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Widemindedness Victoria Ball, you'll enjoy all my top takeouts and my favourite snippets from the episodes. It's reported that over 13 million people have taken an alpha course. And I understand it's experienced record numbers during the global lockdown. I, I never thought that alpha would work online, but I find it works extremely well online. And in a way, it's quite a good way to do it because... It's relatively easy to do it. It's discussing the big questions like, why am I here? What's the point of life? What happens when I die? Is forgiveness possible? How can I make the most of the rest of my life? Alpha's aimed at people who don't normally go to church, who wouldn't call themselves Christians. At the end of the course, people don't want it to end because the relationships they formed are so close. Did your own background as an atheist shape the work that you've done with Alpha, particularly targeting non-churchgoers? Yeah, I'm so grateful that I found this relationship um, because it's made such a difference to my life. I want people to experience the blessing of those kind of relationships with our family, with our children, our grandchildren, it makes a difference to everything you do. When I, when I was an atheist, I wasn't like a miserable person going around saying, oh, life's terrible. I was very blessed. I, had, you know, I, was, I was 
in my first year at Cambridge University, which is I I think is an amazing place to be. I had a, a, a you know superficially a, a huge group of friends. We were having fun. We were partying every night, but I I didn't feel satisfied. In I, I was always sort of searching for the next thing. I was never deeply satisfied. Uh, you know, Jesus said, "I am the bread of life." And just like we have a physical hunger for physical food, I think we have a spiritual hunger for spiritual food. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life," and that's what I found. He was that 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 he is he's the one who brings life in all its fullness. And of course, you said there a relationship with God through Jesus. That is obviously uh, the particularism of the Christian faith. How do you marry your beliefs and Christianity with believers of? other religions who believe they have a relationship with God? People who have faith have far more in common than uh, than people who than we do with people who ha- have no faith. And uh, of course, there are a lot of common things between the different faiths. I can only speak of my experience. I, ha- I have found a relationship with God through Jesus. But, but of course, we, we, we understand and work with uh, people of of other faiths and listen and learn from one another. And what would you say to people who say, uh, no way, religion's definitely not for me, it's all make-believe? I would say, try, come come and see. Um, you know, I, that's what I thought. I thought it was God was the imaginary friend. I, I didn't think there was any evidence. Um, but, you know, I was a lawyer and um, I'm interested in evidence I found there was a great deal of evidence for the life, death, and in particular for the resurrection of Jesus. And if Jesus did rise from the dead, then that is the most important event in the history of the world, because you and I are both going to die at some point, and we will be buried. And is that the end? Because if Jesus was not raised from the dead, that is the end. But if Jesus was raised from the dead, it's not the end. And that, therefore, this question really matters. And that's why I always say to people, it's worth 10 weeks of your life to explore this question, because if it's true, it's the best news in the world. Um, and if it's not true, you haven't lost anything. So explore it. You mentioned it there. Why do you think there is this fear of trying to find out more about uh, religion? Well, for me, I didn't want to find out about religion because I thought it would be so boring. and I thought life would be so miserable. You know, I thought if I became a Christian, that would be the end of all my fun. So I that's and I thought Christians were 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 creepy. They're sort of like they had these big smiles, and I thought that they were very suspicious. I didn't want anything to do with them. I thought it was like a cult, and I was very nervous of having anything to do with it. And and even when I read the New Testament and 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 came to the conclusion that Jesus did rise from the dead, I didn't want to be a Christian because I thought it'd be so miserable. Stop doing all the things that are fun in life and start going around being boring and wearing strange, weird clothes and talking a kind of a funny Christian language. I was so wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. I've been proved wrong many times in my life. But the most fundamental one is that I, I thought that, that Christianity was boring, untrue and irrelevant to my life. And I found it's the very opposite. It's exciting, it's true, and it's the most relevant thing that I've ever discovered. HTB runs marriage and relationship courses for people of all faiths and none. What do you think a Christian faith and a Christian focus on relationships can teach non-believers? Well, the marriage course is run by my friends, Nikki and Silla Lee, through whom I found faith. Um, they, they, they both became Christians 48 hours before I did. 
they have a phenomenal marriage. And we've always looked at them as an, a model of marriage, brilliant parents and now brilliant grandparents. And they have so much to teach. Their course covers all the important areas, forgiveness. Uh, they have a whole evening on sex, every aspect of relationships. Uh, they have people from all over the world. It's very diverse. So uh, experiences from different cultures. But um, it really helps. Choosing the right marriage partner must be the most important decision of your life, far more important than the career you have. Um, and um, that that relationship is the most important relationship. But where do you get training for it? Nobody would let you drive a car unless you'd had some training. But marriage is even more important and people let you get married with no training. So the pre-marriage course, I would recommend to anybody because um, it will help you. And it, your marriage is far more likely to be a good one, an enriched one, if you've, if you've learned the basics. And before I let you go, I was uh, interested in just hearing your thoughts on the schisms within Christianity. There are obviously so many denominations and um, many people through their family history or otherwise are aware of the um, disunity that has existed between parts of the church. How do you think the church can address internal issues of disunity? I mean, Jesus prayed that we might be one in order that the world will believe because disunity is so unattractive to people outside of the church. So unity is really, really important. Pippa and I have had the privilege of traveling the world to every continent and 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 working with every different part of the church. We've worked, we, um, Alpha runs in the Catholic Church, the Coptic Orthodox Church, the Baptist, Salvation Army, Methodist, Lutheran. Uh, there's no part of the church I know of which doesn't uh, run Alpha. The preacher to the Pope is a man called Father Raniero Cantalamessa. He's been the preacher to the Pope, I think, since 1982, so nearly 40 Gosh. years. He's been the pre preacher to several popes, um, and he still is the, the official preacher to, to uh, Pope Francis. Um, and what he always... He's often come and spoken at our conferences. Um, he's involved in the Alpha Film Series, um, uh, but he always says, what unites us is infinitely greater than what divides us. You have spoken so compellingly on unity over disunity and also this notion of questioning within faith when you explained Alpha today. Finally, I wanted to ask if this idea of wide-mindedness resonates with you, and if so, how? Wide-mindedness should always continue. You know, it always, we're always learning. Uh, I think it was Samuel Johnson said, the day I stop learning, I wish to die. We, we must always have an open mind in, in the sense of, of learning new things, discovering new things, listening to other people. That's why I love about, you know, love about listening to people on Alpha. You, you just listen. You, you, you meet a new group of people each term who are all fascinating and you learn from one another. They're things, insights. Um, and it is that I think that open mindedness is actually wide mindedness, as you call it, I think is, is actually key to alpha it's that ability to listen to different points of view and to be willing to learn from other people i i love the idea of being learning and learning from different people and reading widely is really important i think reading people who disagree with you is really important um i, I think i think that the whole world of social media uh is that they're because they're able to track what people 
are interested in and send them more of the same, there's a danger of society being um, ghettoized into because people who are of one one view will just be fed on their social media and everywhere um, things that they agree with. And um, I would encourage everybody to follow, you know, follow. I try to follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, people from right across the board to follow in in the US, Democrats and Republicans, to follow here um, people from all different political parties, um, to follow people you don't agree with and to make sure that you're, you you read widely, read people that, that you don't agree with, read read. Um, uh, yeah, just read widely, meet uh, friendship groups, not just a little clique of friends that you agree with everybody, but but meet people with different views and listen to them and learn from them. Uh, we have been so enriched, to go back to your earlier question, I have been so enriched in my faith from Catholics and people in the Salvation Army and Coptic Orthodox and um, mm. different and different cultures as well. So enriching to learn from the Chinese culture or the African culture or the Asia, you know, um, from parts of Asia that we visited, India. Uh, my son-in-law, uh, my uh, son-in-law is from the Punjab and my daughter-in-law is from uh, Bangalore. So I have two, um, uh, well, I have a number of mixed race grandchildren now. And I, I think the diversity of culture is another way we can we can learn and 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 open our minds to different aspects of the beauty of God's world. God has created the most beautiful, diverse world, and there is so much to learn from it and to be enriched by. Nikki Gumbel, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wide Mindedness with Victoria Ball. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please let others learn about it by rating, reviewing and subscribing. For more great wide-minded content, follow me at Wide Mindedness Victoria Ball on Facebook and Instagram and sign up to the monthly newsletter at victoria-ball.com.